All right, welcome to Talk of the Word. My name is Pastor Josh. And I'm Pastor Matt Skiles. And today we have a question that was sent in to us, and it's, uh, and it is, if you are saved and you commit suicide, do you go to heaven? Um, that That is a very, very good question to ask. Um, I think it's one that a lot of people, you know, um, in their minds, you know, you know, they wonder, like, you know, if someone, you know, someone who does commit suicide and is saved because they hear stories of this person loves Jesus, but they killed, take their life. And are they in heaven? Or are they in hell? And it's, it's one of those that's that way is, is a tough topic, you know, to talk is. about because, uh, you know, you know, do they really like, are, like, you know, can you commit suicide right. and still make it to heaven? And, you know, Pastor Josh, we've had in the last, probably last year, year and a half, we've had two very prominent pastors, pastors that took their lives. Uh, Jared Wilson, who was out in Southern California, and Pastor uh, Andrew uh, uh, Stecklin also passed away. Uh, they both had mental health issues, but they both ended up taking their lives and they left behind their wives and their small children. And that's a very tough question because a lot of people ask that question, not just people that we know, but you see it on 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 the internet, you see it on social media, you see people in in Bible study groups, uh, in youth ministries, no matter where you're at. That is a prominent, prominent question. I got it some is. statistics I wanted to run by you because I didn't know if you knew this, but more people die from suicide than homicide in the United States of America. Yep. And suicide is the third leading cause of death for young people ages 15 to 24. Yep. And it is the third uh, most common a, a form of death among people age 65 in order. So you've got millennials and baby boomers that um, this is a prominent, prominent thing. It's not just something that, that you, that you hear about um, that happens and you think, Oh, that's terrible. <coughs> it's really prominent. I mean, it is 47,000 people died in 2017. The most recent statistic that we had uh, that I could pull up uh, 47,000 people died from suicide. Yeah. That's one person every eleven minutes takes his or her life. Yeah, and how many of those? How many of those people are Christians, or how many of those people were churchgoers, or how many of those people were, um, you know, were either active in a church in a ministry? Yep. It's a good question. I mean, it really makes you think about that. It really does, and uh, I mean, it does because you know it is something that we face in today's society. Um, you know, and uh, you know, we'll kind of start the question off here sure. in that aspect, and that is, uh, you know. We'll start talking about like uh, we'll, we'll take this structure. I'm gonna take the structure. Sure. And that is, you gotta you know to understand kind sure. of you know the whole intent, like why people mm -hmm. do what they do. Is you gotta understand life. You, you gotta understand, understand you know mm -hmm. what what kind of what they're going through. I mean, I mean, no. we're in a world where they, you know, where where they feel abandoned, they feel alone, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes in our walk with Christ, we we hit those moments we feel we abandoned do. alone. Well, we do. Um, we do. But. You know, in all that, you know, it all comes down to a choice. We, you know, we mm -hmm. have to choose. In the end, it's our choice. We have to choose. Do you want to serve God mm -hmm. or serve the world? Mm -hmm. And when struggles and trials hit, you mm -hmm. got to determine, okay, in those situations and the hardships mm -hmm. of life, are you going to rely on God knowing that mm -hmm. his grace is good and mm -hmm. that he is good? And are you going to go run in the world? And see, That's a lot right. of times in our situation of trials, we tend to sit there and say, hey, you know, I feel like God's being the problem here. So mm -hmm. I'm going to push him back on a shelf and That's toss right. him on my life. I'm going to run That's to right. the world and expect the world to save me. And the world can't do anything. It's That's just right. like it's just like this uh, analogy I use a lot of people, and that is you cannot stop a burning building if the fire department trying to with a flamethrower. 
it's right. not it's not i mean you're just building a bigger fire you ain't stopping it, it ain't going doing. nowhere you got to have that water to put it's it out all you're doing and jesus is that water that puts out that mm-hmm. flame in our lives yes. you know that yes. that puts it out and brings us back and we have to choose you know who do you want to serve the world or god and it's in those moments we have to decide you know do you want to serve God and no matter what hardships face God promises us that knowing him and being with him it, life's there's gonna be hard it ain't this hunky-dory fairy tale where I'm mm-hmm. saved all the everything's going away and I'm this happy person let it no. up you're gonna you're gonna have moments of joy but mm-hmm. you're gonna have moments of sadness and sorrow because it's just it's yeah. just to walk with you know with, with being he, with he, Christ even in the Bible uh, you can see in the Old Testament you can see the struggles that that job had Jeremiah had Moses had, David had. You can see how even in the Old Testament, there was situations and stories and instances where people took their own life. Saul fell on his own sword in the battle with the Philistines. That's one of the most common uh, ones. You also read about, um, you know, (laughs) Zimri, who set himself afire after his rebellion uh, failed in 1 Kings 16 and 18. So you, you see where... Where, where this is not something that's just talked about in the 21st century. Yeah. It's as old as the Old Testament and throughout biblical history, throughout civilization. People have, like some some like the Romans glorified it as a, as a way of, of, of dying with honor. And of course, in Japan, they practiced uh, the art of Harry Carey, where they would do, they would take their own life. And, and uh, of course, you, you'd see that with the kamikaze pilots in, in yep. the war in the Pacific. But you shouldn't glorify suicide. And a lot of times yeah. in our culture today, uh, people look at it as an escape because, yeah. because of life, life's issues. Jesus said in John 10 and 10 that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yep. Jesus does. said, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. As Christians, we can have abundant life, mm-hmm. and we can have the joy and the blessings and the beauty that comes with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. But that does not mean that we're not immune from problems. Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. He said, in the world you will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. It's true. He didn't He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't yeah. say that the world, as you said earlier, is going to be hunky-dory. It's not. No. He said, in this world you're going to have tribulation. But he also says at the end of that verse, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. When he says that, He's warning us and telling us that the servant is not greater than his Lord. In other words, we're not going to be any better off than Jesus was. So if Jesus was persecuted, he was hated, he was bad-mouthed, he was treated harshly, uh, we're going to have to face the same thing. Yeah. But at the same time, though, he's given us that peace. He's given us that joy. Now, life is very, very difficult, especially in 2020, because people are dealing with so much in the world today. There's so much... Uh, going on in our culture, in uh, in society, young people especially, oh, yeah. being a youth pastor, you know this, young people are dealing with all kinds of peer pressure, dealing with all kinds yep. of, of, of uh, you know, struggles to, to fit in, to be accepted, to be loved, um, to be a part of a social group. And, and with that social hierarchy and social pecking order that you see in schools and in and even in society, you know, I have to look like a certain celebrity. I have to, you know, act mm-hmm. a certain way. 
and that's not the way it is. That's not the way nope. uh, the Lord wants us to 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 no, live our life. Not. And when that, and when those children and young people and adults and people that aspire to reach a certain level don't get there, and life does not always turn out the way they want, um, they end up taking their life. I had a cousin uh, just last year that unfortunately took his life. Uh, 30, 34 years old. And I, I think about that sometimes. I honestly think about, um, you know, what would make a person get to the point where they just want to end it all. Yeah. You know, people, I've known people. Yeah. We've, we've been to funerals. We've been to uh, <coughs> a chance to be with families that lost somebody that took their life. And it's, it's hard because it hard. you, you, because it, it's very easy, Pastor Josh, to just, yeah. They just want to give it all up. But if you know Christ, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have struggles. It doesn't yeah. mean that you're not going to have issues. Um, but, you know, the Bible makes it really clear. I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds here. But the Bible makes it very, very clear in Exodus 20 and 13. You shall not kill. Yeah. You shall not murder. Suicide is self-murder. You yeah. decide to take your life. It is. And, and see, I look at this one because, you know, I know from personal experience. Yes. Um, because I've been on that end where, you know, uh, where I understand, you know, why people want to take their lives and why people do it because I've been there. You know, I almost did it three times. Um, luckily, by God's grace, he, you know, he, he, I found Jesus. I got saved and been set free and and stuff, and I'm happy now. But uh, but but this is how I, I like to explain it to people, and that is, um, I look at suicide in this way, and that is, I look at suicide as especially like let's say you call yourself a Christian, you're born again, you're saved, you want to take mm -hmm. your life. I see it as as turning your back on God. And I look at it this way as God says boldly in Matthew that, you know, that if we deny Christ before men, he'll deny us before our father in heaven. Right. And I see it as, you know, cause it comes in a moment of trial. You have to choose who do you want to serve? Do you want to serve God? Or do you want to serve the world? And that's what it comes down to. It comes to those two basis. Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, when you want to take your life, sure. especially as a Christian, you publicly looked at God and said, I don't love you. I don't believe in you. I'm done with you. And you turned and walked the other direction and went towards the world. And that's what you did. And so, so, I, so I mean, honestly, I believe that, you know, if you commit suicide, you're not going to end up in heaven because, because it is, because in my mind, I believe that you are publicly dis like, you know, telling people I don't believe in God. And so, you know, you're, you're taking the whole verse of Matthew where Jesus talks about, mm -hmm. you know, denying them. You're denying Christ before men yeah. by taking your life saying, I no longer serve you anymore. Mm -hmm. I serve the world and the devil. Mm -hmm. And so, so by doing that, by publicly announcing that, by yeah. doing that, uh, you know, you are setting yourself up, God. Because to be honest, if you love Jesus, and if you understand what Jesus did on that cross, if you're truly mm -hmm. born again and truly saved, and you truly understand mm -hmm. that you are that sinner that was needing God's saving grace, and that He transformed your life, mm -hmm. and it truly means something, you're not going to want to take your life. Mm -hmm. I know from experience, mm -hmm. and and so in those moments when you hit yeah. hardships, yeah, you can understand that. Hey, this is nothing compared to what Christ did for me on that That's cross. Right. And so it's like I like tell people is Jesus suffered for you. So now it's your turn to suffer for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 we and we do we suffer him every day, mm -hmm. and we gotta know that we gotta understand that hey our rewards are not in the earth it's in heaven, and that this earth is just temporary. Mm -hmm. What what's eternal is our life with mm -hmm. Jesus in heaven if we're saved. And so we gotta look forward to that. We gotta look at life and be like. Mm -hmm. I don't care what life throws at me here because I know where I'm when I die where I'm going and I don't have to face this anymore. 
And so, and some people feel like, well, I just want to get to heaven. I just want to live this life. I want to live that life of, you know, with Jesus because I just can't do this anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. done. Well, you know, Mm-hmm. Newsflash, it doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah. That that's denying Christ yeah. straight to his face and sure. telling the world, hey, I'm gonna I'm oh, gonna yeah. go for, follow you, I'm sure. gonna serve you yeah. uh, from here on yeah. out. And so well Judas Judas obviously is the most commonly spoken about story in the New Testament of suicide. In John thirteenth chapter, yep. Jesus identified him. Um, in the scripture because he washed his disciples feet in the 13th uh, chapter of the gospel of John. And then when Jesus was finished, he said in verse 10, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean and you are clean, but not all of you. In verse 11, he said, for he knew who will betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. Now Jesus said that he was going to be betrayed. Yeah. And he said, Woe unto that man that betrayed me, for it would have been better for him had he not been born. Now, Jesus makes a very harsh statement there. I'm not making that up. That's a statement that Jesus said in the Bible. And I think what you said is so true. When you turn your back, when you get to the point where you're going to take your life, um, I think you cross a threshold. I think you cross a, a threshold and a line where you have denied Christ. You have turned your back on Christ. Yeah. Um, now, I think for any Christian believer that really, truly, truly has a relationship with the Lord, I think they're going to they're going to be able to see that they need to that they that they need not only to reach out to the Lord, but, but continue to walk close to the Lord. Now, there are instances in situations you take people that have mental illnesses or you yeah. take people that have what I would call mental incapacitation. Yep. There are times that. um in those situations, I think, where maybe a person doesn't necessarily understand what he or she is doing. And we have yeah. a mental health, we have mental health issues in this country now. Oh, and yeah. You can see the effect. And part of that's the effects of drug abuse and chemical dependency. And you see people that are, are in that kind of situation. We know people that have those kind of issues. And I've often been asked the question, what if a person that struggles with, and they name a particular you know, mental health condition. Um, what if a person struggles with this and they take their life? Now that's, that's a very, that's a very difficult question for me as a pastor to answer, because you want to think to yourself, well, was that person, what was their mental state? What were they thinking? But I also tell people too, that in those situations, only God knows the heart of that individual. Yeah. And that person's in the hands of a loving and a merciful God, and God's going to judge them according. Hebrews 9 and 27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this face the judgment. Yep. And you cannot, Pastor Josh, under any circumstances, um, you know, make a statement that, well, so-and-so was a good person, and they, they, they loved the Lord, but yet they took their life. They chose to end their life. Now, what brought that on? I don't know. Yeah. I just read recently about a pastor in Texas that that took his life, killed his poor wife and his son, and then went all the way to Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas, and tried to choke and kill his daughter, and she escaped. What makes a person do that? Now, what makes a person cross from being in ministry to, um, you know, acting acting in such a way that is is just, I mean, you're committing murder and take, I mean, I mean, you've crossed a threshold there. And I think too, pastors are not immune from the struggles and the the difficulties that people face. You mentioned that you've had times in your life where you've, 
uh, you know, you've been depressed or discouraged. I know I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a pastor for 22 years and and this is my 23rd year now as a pastor. And, and there's been some really high moments and there's been some really low lows um, to where. But I can honestly say I have never, ever, ever even let that thought enter into my mind that why don't you just end it all? I've never, I've never even come to that thought. Now I can understand if people are so discouraged and and so uh, despondent to a point that they don't feel like they have any other hope. And that's, I think where the enemy really, really hits us because, you know, first Peter five and eight says that, you know, we're to be sober, we're to be vigilant because our enemy, our adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, he goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour. If you know, he's not going to attack you at your strongest. Yeah. He's not going to attack you in the area where he knows your strongest. He's going to attack you at your weakest point or at that moment of weakness. So if he knows our weaknesses, he knows how to, um, he knows how to exploit that. So if you are a Say, for example, you're a teenage boy or a teenage girl and you're in high school and you're bullied, you're being singled out, you're being persecuted because you're because you are a Christian, because you have this faith and you have the and you're trying to serve Christ. And then all of a sudden, uh, kids on the high school campus or kids in your peer group start to really, really, really single you out. It won't take long, man, before before you're so despondent and discouraged and depressed that you feel like. Nobody, nobody cares about you. You have no friends. Yep. Nobody wants to be around you. And what do you do? Well, then you go home and you decide to just, you know, I, I, I've heard stories of, of young people that go home and hang themselves or, 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 or slit their wrists or, or a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm not trying to gross out our listeners, yeah. but that's exactly what you hear. And you think to yourself, yep. why would they do that? Yeah. And I've done enough funerals as a pastor of, of people that have, taken their lives and i do not have any explanation as to yeah. why somebody would would do now for a non-believer you can you can you can obviously see that and it yeah it it, it, it you and you say okay this person did not know christ this person did not have a relationship with christ so it's very easy to conclude that okay yeah. that person but you take a believer somebody that maybe you might know Somebody that has exhibited a life of faith, has demonstrated a public profession of faith and tries to live for Christ, how they would do that. I that's that's where and you again you come back to what you said earlier, you cross a threshold, mm-hmm. you turn your back on that, you deny Christ. Yep. And and what we're trying to do in the church world today, Pastor Josh, is we're trying to well gosh, how do you say this the right way? We're trying to condone this and alleviate this by saying, well. This person committed suicide, but yes, they're in heaven. Nobody knows that. Nobody's no. going to have that answer. You don't have it. I don't have it. No. But if you study the word of God, and if you, and I'm a student of the word, and you look at mm-hmm. what the scriptures say, you can't you can't take if a person takes his or her life and commits the act of of self murder, and that's what suicide is. You, you yeah. can't call it anything else. Does that person have a chance to repent? Does that person have a chance to to get their heart right with God? Because obviously their mental state is such that they're not in any condition to even recognize what they're doing. And 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 how how and why would you you know? And and so it's it's a very very controversial topic because you got people in the church world today that are saying, well, 
uh, you know, that, that person is, is going to make his or her home in heaven. Well, I think that there's, there's no way if you are truly a professing Christian and truly a believer in Jesus Christ that you could go down that path yeah. in such a way. Now, now, you know, I understand people might have a, might have a, 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 you might have some mental, mental health issues. I've got family members and people that I know that are friends that deal with those issues and, and, and I pray for them and I, I empathize with their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, unfortunately had family members yeah. that have taken their life right. and it it's devastating. It is, but you can't, you know, but you can't, you know, you, you just can't say, well, uh, I'm going to, uh, just assume, you yep. know, only God knows that person's heart. Only, Only God knows that person's life. But I think you answered yeah. it really well, though, Pastor Joshua. You said that you and turn so when you're coming from a believer standpoint yes. and a believer side of where a believer wants to take their life, you know, it, it's like God calls us. You know, we're called to put on the full armor of God. And and you know, Amen. if you're getting that point where that that's your option, well, then you got to reevaluate your life and go, you know, am I staying in God's order enough? Mm-hmm. Because the devil, like you said, comes to seek, kill, and destroy. Yes. And so you have prepared for that. And that is why God tells us, you know, we have to be grounded in his God's word. And God's word is our sword. Mm-hmm. It, it's that weapon that we use against the devil. So mm-hmm. when he comes, that's that's where we know, okay, Jesus mm-hmm. is there for me. And here's why. Because you can look back in many yep. passages where it talks about how Jesus is there. Yep. You know, you see how, how in Psalms, when David cried out to God. Yes. And how God was there. You see, you see in Job where, where, uh, where Jesus was there with Job the mm-hmm. whole entire time. And That's it's right. this whole, mm-hmm. you know, you see him like, mm-hmm. like it says in, uh, Psalms 121 yeah. verses one and two, how we are to lift our eyes to the hills, for that's where yes. hope comes from, for hope comes from the from. Lord, yep. mm-hmm. the maker of heaven and earth. And it's, oh, it's yes. so true that in time of struggles, mm-hmm. we look to God and crowd to God and he's going to come. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, some people go, well, you know, um, I feel like taking my life because I've just been praying, but God's not answering. I don't mm-hmm. hear him. You know, I just feel like he just abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And God, and and what did um, David cry out, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. And and, it's, and we do that too. And we got to understand this and that is God has never forsaken mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. He, he's never left us. And he says that to us. He, he's not going to forsake us nor leave us. And we got to understand this, yeah. that the teacher mm-hmm. is always silent during the test. And we may be sitting there feeling like Jesus isn't hearing mm-hmm. our prayers. Mm-hmm. But he is. He hears them. He's being silent because he's using that silent moment mm-hmm. for us because he wants us in, in, the, in the most quietest moments of our life to literally cry out with our arms open wide saying, Father, I need you. I cannot do mm-hmm. this on my own. And mm-hmm. when you get those moments in time right. where you want to end your mm-hmm. life, it's at those very lowest moments where you're crying out going, Lord, right. please help That's me. True. That's I true. went there. I was at that lowest moment yeah. of my life. Mm-hmm. I about pulled the trigger on myself and took my life. And it was at that moment I broke down and was like, Lord, if there's if there's any way you love me, please come. You just cast and, yourself wholly upon the mercy and grace of yep. God. You cried out to God. And and there are times, there are times, you know, Elijah and Job are two very good examples. Jeremiah as well, where they were in such hopeless despair, you know, that that, yeah maybe an obvious choice would have been just to end it all. And they didn't, they didn't want to continue, but yet, you know, obviously the later events and, and, and things that took place in their life made it very, very clear that, you know, what ending their life and bailing out on their life was not the right choice, not the right thing to do. And, and sometimes God brings us to a point and much like he did with Job, Mm -hmm. where he brings us to a situation not to not to harm us or hurt us, but to help us turn our hearts back to yep. him. 
And a lot of times we we deal with things. And I'm not saying that people don't have issues. People have real life oh, issues. They do. they do. They do. But I, I can say this. I've been a Christian for 30 years. I was 19 years old when I gave my heart to the Lord. And now I'm 48 and I've been walking with the Lord. And I've had moments where I have I have been so confused and 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 I've been despondent and discouraged. Uh, there's been times that I've I've wanted to, um, you know, I've wanted to uh, just give up on ministry and 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 walk away from from the work of, of ministry and the call of God on my life. There's been times that I've wanted to, you know, uh, you know, I, I've wanted to just run out, run, run down the road screaming and yelling and lashing out at God. Yeah. But not one time have I ever said, you know what, I'm just going to end it because it's not worth it. Because the fact is, is that Christ gives us life. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and here's the thing that people, I don't think really realize and understand. And it's, it's, and this is, the, this is what it is. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30 and 19, I'm going to read this verse of scripture. It says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Yep. Now Amen. choose life. Again, now choose life so that you and your children may live. We choose. Yeah. God says it in Deuteronomy 30, 19. I set before you. There's two paths. How often do we see people take the wrong path? And and and, and God says choose life. Yep. Because... God, God gives us that life. He gives us that abundant life. And, I, and I, I'm not going to sit here and, and live in the land of denial and tell people that they're not going to have problems. Yeah. We live in a real world and we yeah, live, yeah, we live with real issues <laughs> and we struggle with things all the time. We do. And, and, and none of us are immune. You can be a pastor of a mega church. You can be a missionary. You can be a youth pastor. You can be working on a campus ministry. You can be running a homeless shelter. Yeah, downtown, downtown of a major city, doesn't matter. We're all going to have issues. I guarantee you, um, every man or woman of God that's ever done anything for the cause of Christ yep. and the kingdom of God, they've all had struggles. Oh yeah, they've all had issues, all and some them. worse than others. We don't yep. know what everybody goes through, but again, Pastor Josh, like you said, if you're walking with Christ and you're truly surrendered to Christ, and that's what it comes back to. Yeah, Romans twelve and one says, "I beseech you." Therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What Paul says there, that we as Christian believers should not only represent a new creation, a new person, a new life in Christ, but a new mind. Yep. And if you have a really transformed mind, you're going to allow your thoughts to be Christ's thoughts. And as Philippians 2 and 5 says, you're going to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus was on the cross, dying on the cross. And what did he cry out? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. And Jesus also prayed in the garden that his father would let this cup pass from him. He didn't want to die. A lot of people have even said, well, Jesus willingly gave his life. And yes, he did. He gave his he life on the cross. He he allowed himself uh, to be crucified. He allowed his life to be given for the sins of mankind. He didn't kill himself. Yep. And a lot of people 
have asked me, well, why would Jesus willingly give his life? Because he did that in accordance to his father's will. He did. But yet Jesus is still, again, risen on the third day. He rose from the grave and he gives us eternal life and salvation through his finished work at Calvary. And so salvation is a free gift and it costs Jesus something. But when we take our own life as Christians, we are saying in a sense by our actions, I don't truly believe that the blood of Jesus uh, has made me whole. I, 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 I don't want to uh, fully surrender I, my heart, my life, my mind to the Lord. Now, I do know, I do know that um, people are people are troubled and, and their minds are troubled and their hearts are troubled. That's why Jesus told his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. We're going to have issues. And, and mm-hmm. we've been talking about that through this podcast. But yet I would not want to turn my back on God and and walk away from the truth. If you look at that 13th chapter of the Gospel of John, the Bible speaks that after Jesus had uh, washed his disciples' feet, after he had taken the bread and gave it to Judas, identified Judas as his betrayer to some other disciples, the Bible says that Satan entered into the heart of Judas, and Jesus turned to him and said, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. Yep. Now, I, I believe, and this is just my, my opinion as a pastor, as a Christian, and as a student of the Word, that you do, like you said, you turn your back on God and you, you cross a particular threshold. You, do. you get to a point where, where number one, uh, and this is where I, I fall on this side, I think sometimes Christians get to the point where the Holy Spirit convicts them and they grieve the Spirit and they quench the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, is their conscience is is seared with a hot iron. And then they move to a position where they they are turned over to a reprobate mind, where they don't even begin to realize anymore that what they're doing is wrong. And I think sometimes when you get to the point where you want to commit suicide and take your life, you have crossed a threshold to the point where I don't think the Holy Spirit can can continue to convict or continue to draw you back. It happened to Judas. He he crossed that threshold. Yeah. And when he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, he took that money back and they would not have anything to do with it. So he threw it down at their feet and he went out and he hung himself. Yep. And a lot of people uh, say, well, this particular person or that particular person, they you know, they, they, they were just uh, going through a lot and, and they were not in a good place emotionally or mentally. And, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, or I can same, empathize with that uh, because you do get to that point. But same. but I also understand, too, that that that's obviously God in his wisdom and Jesus Christ being the righteous judge. They will be judged according to that. All of us are yep. going to have to stand in judgment someday. Oh, yes. And that's and a good topic for another another podcast. But yes. but 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 we are are all going to have to give an account for our lives. Yep. And see, it comes to one of those things, like I like to to tell people, and that is, you know, sometimes God has to break you greatly so he can use you greatly. Yes. Um, It's one of those things where sometimes God has to throw you down the lowest Mm -hmm. he can put, Mm -hmm. you can possibly ever be. So you understand Mm -hmm. just how good Mm -hmm. God is to you, just how much God loves Mm -hmm. you, and just how much you need God. And by mm-hmm. him breaking you so greatly in those mm-hmm. moments and stuff. That's right. Um, at that point, 
he can start to rebuild us in such a That's way right. where he is going to use us for his kingdom mightily. And uh, mm-hmm. and some people, that they get to those low points and they go, you know, mm-hmm. this is my way out. And, and you got to look at it this way. And that is Jesus hit his lowest moment in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His lowest moment was the day he laid on that cross yep. and God turned his back on him. Yep. That was the lowest yep. you could have ever, Jesus could have ever gotten to. Mm-hmm. But in that, he loved us so much that he still looked up still, at the Father, mm-hmm. still asked the Father to forgive us, mm-hmm. and he still died for us when he could have called a, many, a thousand mm-hmm. angels down to come get him off that. <laughs> and and he didn't. And he yes. went to that grave, and he rose in three days. And even though he hit his lowest point, he never he never lost sight of what he was doing. He never mm-hmm. lost sight of who he was. That's right. He knew who what he was doing. He was there to do the will of his father. Mm-hmm. And and that meant more to him. And he did ask in the garden, Father, please, you know, if this is your will, take this cup from me. Um, but let your will be done. And and, and the father's will was for him yes. to, to die. So yes. set us free from our sins because we had to have that blameless, mm-hmm. spotless lamb That's to right. take, take away our sins. That's and right. through that, you know, Jesus will go. Go to the grave, die, mm-hmm. and come back. And and see, the thing I like to look at is, you know, our what we suffer does not compare to the suffering of Christ. No, because we think we got it bad. Christ had it worse because He was dying to set us free yes. from um, who we are, from mm-hmm. our sin nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, He stood there, there at Potiphar's, mm-hmm. and uh, and and He was literally up there with Pilate. And and he was just like, hey, I have the power to have you executed and set you free. And as we're up there, you know, Jesus doing mind his own business, just kind of didn't even say a word and was kind of just silent mm-hmm. up there. And 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 you know, as Barabbas, as they all said, look, Barabbas free. He was a murderer, rapist, a mm-hmm. killer. I mean, a thief. Everything you can imagine. That was Barabbas. And and see, I look at that as 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 I see it translate to our lives, and that's us. And, yes. and, and 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 as he walked down those steps and didn't look back and just celebrated because he's free and he didn't care. That's how we were that day. Mm-hmm. Is, is we didn't care about this man called Jesus, and mm-hmm. we didn't understand what mm-hmm. was about to take place. And no. and see, I look back at that now, understanding where I am in my faith. And that is, mm-hmm. I look at that and go, that was me on that day. Mm-hmm. I will sit there. On the death penalty, yes. on death row, and Jesus walked in, yes. walked in, and said, "Here's my blood. Yeah. I want to. I take his. I take yes. his punishment." Take his and and it's so cool because at that day he was looking at me, saying, "Go be free, live your life. I got this. It's That's okay." Right. And he went on that cross. He took that beating, and had all his blood. And I'm gonna be a little gruesome here, so if any of our viewers don't like this, tough notes. But that is. He had his sides ripped out. He had, I mean, you could pretty much see this guy inside and out. They beat him unmerciful. Oh, oh they did. They, him open. they ripped him, open. him. They they used, they used uh, anything and everything imaginable yeah. to rip his skins, guts, and everything the out. Flogging, flogging, <laughs> flogging that Jesus suffered would have would have killed most people because you get you get you, it's thirty nine lashes, and that was that was thirteen times, um, you know, where you're hit and. And um, you know, and, and there's three, there's three cords on that, yep. and and there was bone and metal and, and glass, and and and, and uh, it would tear you open because in those times they would use pieces of metal, they would use uh, you know pieces of bone, and they were sharpened in a way so that they would they would tear you open. Yep. So that way it it hit your skin and just yes, grab, yes. and when they pull real hard, yes, it just it would rip. rip. And he went yes, through that, yes. and and see. I, I like to picture it like this. And this is why I like to paint the picture for people. And that is, I tell them to close their eyes and imagine Jesus sitting there tied to a pole. And I imagine, okay, and imagine men dressed in uh, 
Roman soldier uniforms, mm -hmm. and they're hitting them. But with every hit, you see Jesus flinch. With every hit, you see tears, and one of those tears of blood. Mm -hmm. But with every hit, you see his eyes, you see him staring directly yeah. at you. And put yourself mm -hmm. where you're the only mm -hmm. one there. And I like to tell people, imagine Jesus looking at you. He's dying for you. And and as he's taking that being, imagine him looking at you saying, I love you. I love you. Yeah. With every, I like to tell mm -hmm. us people, I like this is all amazing. That is, with every whip, with every beating, with every tug and pull, every, lash. every spit, every lash, you name it, he was loving you mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. And that, that should, that should, that should encourage you to live for him. Mm -hmm. A lot of times. We, again, we're talking about why would a person take their life? Why would a person end their life? Even in my worst days as a pastor, even in my darkest moments as a Christian, um, and on my uh, on on the on the on the very 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 bad days that I have, and we all have them. Um, even in those times, I can go back to the cross and I can picture Jesus or think about the Lord doing that for me. And I think even in those times when a person is so beat down emotionally and, and they've come to the point where they want to end it, that's it. They're done. Yep. I think you, you, you need to realize that Christ, and here's the thing people don't understand. Josh. Jesus took our sins but he bore our sorrows. Yes, he, he carried our burdens. He took our sicknesses. He, he took did. our diseases. He took our problems, our troubles, our addictions, our issues, our hangups, whatever you want to call it. He took it to the cross. And I always tell people all the time, whenever I feel like I don't want to do something, or I feel like something's beneath me or something like that, I'm reminded of what Jesus did on the cross. And it's not too much to ask for me to give my life in service to him. Yep. And so when a person gets to the point, again, where they want to take their own life, do they realize what Christ did for them? Do they realize mm -hmm. the sacrifice that was made? I yeah. I know that I, I worked and, and ministered and helped people that have, for lack of a better word, have, have been have been mentally, psychologically damaged because of drug abuse drug use that leads to paranoia or anxiety or all kinds of, of problems. And, 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 and let's face it, you, you, you abuse your body and your mind with drug, alcohol abuse, chemical dependency, things like that. Yeah. It's going to have a really bad effect. The Bible says in the scriptures in first Corinthians six, 19 and 20, do you not know that your body's a temple of the Holy spirit mm -hmm. who is in you? Who, who, whom you have received from God. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. A lot of times we don't realize God has created us. Yeah. We're made in his image. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and people ask me all the time, well, well, Pastor Matt, you, you, you have a son that has autism. You know, and I said, yes, I do. I have a son that has autism and I have a son that struggles with that. Um, and his view of the world and his his mental understanding of things is totally different than mine. He sees the world, as I like to say, in the fourth dimension. I see things in three three dimensional. He sees things in the fourth dimension. Yep. And he has a wonderful, beautiful mind, but it's different. Yeah. But my son also understands that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He understands that that 
that God loves him, that the Lord loves him. Uh, now, he struggles at times to reconcile all these things because there's a lot about the Bible he doesn't understand, uh, even at age 18. Yeah. And death scares him. Death scares him very, very much. And um, and he has a hard time with that. He has a hard time when we talk about heaven and the afterlife and talk about hell and separation from God. But still, it's still very much a reality to him. Now, I always say that if God can can give my son understanding of that and and God can impart that, then surely somebody that struggles with with mental health issues I, I, my prayer is that they will come to a place where they'll understand and know the, not, the love of God, understand yep. and have a knowledge of God. I'm not going to stand up here and be somebody's judge and jury, like I said earlier. I leave, I leave that to God to judge them. You know, the Bible says, who, who are you to judge another? I, I, I get that. But I also know that if every, I've done a lot of funerals and there's been times that I have had to uh, talk with a family of someone that's taken their life. And it's very hard for me to say, well, you know, I don't know if that person is in heaven or not. I don't ever say that. I always say that, 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 that God knew this person's heart. God knew this person's life. He loved them with an everlasting love. So, so God will, God will, will judge them, not me. Now I have my own opinion. I have my own, my own feeling on yeah. that. And, and, and I think most people that are Christians would probably follow the same side. We do well, you know, that's really a, a sad situation that, that, that happened to that person. Yep. Um, but you know, there's a big difference between a person that has a, a, a really serious mental health issue that does something drastic like taking his or her life that really truly never, you know, that tried to live for Christ, tried to live for the Lord and did the best they could with what they had to work with. Yeah. As opposed to a a a someone in leadership, like the man we just saw, man I shared about a moment ago in Texas, this pastor in Texas, I do not know his name. I just read about it in the in the on the on the uh, on the news report this past week. Something happened there, Josh. Something yeah. there was probably a sin, a besetting sin, or some sort of an issue there that was underlying that nobody ever knew about, and and and. I, I read that and I just, I really, my heart broke when I read does, that right. because I'm like, how in the world would you do that? I mean, I love my wife and my two children and my family. I would not go to that point. So, but I think you're right though. You, you've got to turn your back on God yep. and, and really, really walk away. And, and, and like you said, if Jesus said, if you deny me before men, you know, that is the ultimate denial. Mm -hmm. They're saying, well, I don't really trust God. And it's one of those things where, you know, like you're talking about the pastor, it's one of those things where, you know, especially as a pastor and someone who, you know, who studies the word and yeah. who, who's frequent in the word. Yeah. Um, and that's what they do. They, they study, they dig deep because they got, you know, because because mm -hmm. the people that get looked to more highly um, for the more spiritual questions mm -hmm. and such as that. And, and you know, to to be someone in that calling. Yeah. And to be able to turn yourself completely around in a way it it, it doesn't come down to the fact, though. You know, the Bible is not real. God's not real. None of that. No, what it comes down to is they hit a moment in life yeah. where life really just kind of slapped them dead in the face. Mm -hmm. And and God had to take them down a couple notches mm -hmm. where he wanted them. And 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 they literally at those moments in time, I look at this way, and that is they they stopped practicing what they preached. And, 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 they, and they stopped trusting 
and the very God that set them free when they couldn't. Yeah. And, I, yeah, it's, and it's, it's part of that. It's part of it's part of the 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 signs of the of the of the end of days and the last days, where Paul talks about having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Yep. We're we're in a real life spiritual battle here. We are. And spiritual warfare is real. People people can 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 make light of it and they can trivialize it all they want, but that is a real battle. We battle not against flesh and blood, yep. but against powers and principalities and yep. rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Yep. They're there. There's there. I mean if you if you need any indication, um, you know, I mean I, I've been, I've been to, I've been around, I've traveled all over the United States of America and I've been to some cities where you walk in and you can just feel, it. I remember going through the city of Las Vegas one time and I was just passing through and, uh, and you could just feel it. I mean, just, you could just feel the hair on the back of your neck stand up. You're like, Ugh. it was just a very sick feeling in the pit of my yeah. stomach. And I remember, um, I remember going into certain communities you know, I remember when I was in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, San Jose area. Uh, I was there in 1994. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's even worse now. But I just can remember that sickening feeling. You can just sense that, you know. And yeah. because the enemy, the enemy, much like you read in the Old Testament where Sodom and Gomorrah was just overrun with sin and idolatry and wickedness and obviously lasciviousness and sin, that happens. That happens. There's a reason why you 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 can sense that because there's a spiritual realm, mm -hmm. a heavenly realm, a war in the heavenly realm that we don't see. Yeah, we don't. We fight it through prayer and through the Word of God, and yep. and, and that that battle is fought. We fight that battle in prayer. Yep, and, and we don't always understand. When we see what's happening with young people, we see what's happening with with our culture, um, and you see that, and you say to yourself, "How can that be?" Well, the enemy has got a foothold and a stronghold, mm -hmm. and 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 he, he is, is, and he is, and and he's not going to give up the control that he has, whether it's over a over a generation of of, of our youth, or whether it is over you know a particular you know part of society. I mean, yep. I mean, I uh, I have a brother that lives out in, in the West Coast, and um, he's a pastor, and 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 I know that what he deals with in his ministry in California is so much different than what I deal with here in the Midwest. He and his wife, uh, they have a team of evangelistic team that goes out and actually ministers to young women involved in 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 uh, you know in the in in sex trafficking, the adult film industry, things like that 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 are that are they go in and and they minister and they 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 try to rescue and for lack of a better word these young women and my brother was sharing with me what these young women go through what they have to what they have to what they're dealing with and you can sense and feel and and and, and discern that there's something very evil about that there is. and and that's how degrading our culture and our world is and so it's it's quite natural that when you've got a when you've got a society and a culture that is basically just becoming godless and becoming wicked, yeah, it's one of the one of the one of the fallouts and byproducts of all that, Pastor Josh, is people are, are aren't going to value life. And think about it. Yep. We don't value life in our culture today. And you know. and you know, I mean that's why, you know, you hear politicians say, well, it's okay to, to take the life of an unborn child, even after the child's born alive, you can still end its life. Now, what kind of sick world do you live in whenever 
you can say that something like that, but that's what people running for office any given yeah. year say. And so when you have a lack of, 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 when you have a lack of appreciation and a, and a, a real lack of care and concern for life, then it's, it's very easy to say, well, um, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll just end it all. And that's what leads you to the mindset where you say, well, I guess it's okay to end my life. I'm getting bullied at school. Nobody likes me. My, my friends have rejected me. I'm bullied all the time. Uh, they, they make fun of me on social media. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to end my life. Yeah. Because it comes down to one of these and that is to this. And that is, you know, they get those moments. They feel like there's no hope yep. and they hit that brokenness where they're yep. just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to give yep. up. I'm ready to, you know, to completely yep. just, you know, end it all. And see, that's one thing as Christians and what we got to yes. do as Christians and believers. And if you're truly born again, Amen. you're truly saved and yep. you understand what Jesus did for you on that yes. cross, then it's those people you're going to run to and say, hey, it's okay because there's hope. Yes, and let me share that hope. And you're going to say, hey, look at me. Here's what I've been like with my life. You know, I've been to that low moment. I almost did it. And so so when I deal with kids that struggle with that and that say, hey, I want to take my life, I go, okay, I know how you're feeling. I've been there, but here's how Jesus got me through it. That's right. And and I'm able to show them where Jesus comes into play and how Amen. he comes into play. And see, those things like like with the world and the way the world is today is we have to understand. We have to dig dig our lives into the scriptures and prayer in Jesus mm -hmm. because we have to put on that full armor of God. We have to put that on because the world's going to hit us and we have to be prepared. And that's why I encourage people get in a daily study of the word. When you get in the daily study of the word where you're spending every, when you're spending your mornings and evenings, whenever you like to do it with God and you're mm -hmm. taking time every day to pray to God, to study uh -huh. his word and uh -huh. grow with him. You're growing spiritually. You got to yes. grow that spiritual muscle. And it's just like in the military. They don't just send someone into battle they and say, hey, you. go. They prepare you and they train you for months, mm -hmm. get you prepared. Mm -hmm. And they and, and they continually train you as you're going mm -hmm. through those things mm -hmm. because they want to get you ready. So when you go mm -hmm. out there, they know you can handle the tasks they're going to give right. you. It's just like God. Mm -hmm. He says, Life's a battle. You got to fight a war. So here's my word. Read it, study it, get to know yes. it because I'm going to train you. Right. And then you're going to put on the armor of God mm -hmm. and you're going to go out there and you're going to fight this battle. Right. And when light, when it hits you hard and you're, mm -hmm. you're in that fight and, and you know, you feel like this battle's about to lose. Don't worry. I come through because sure. we got to look at it this way. And that is <laughs> every battle and every situation right. we face. It's a victory that one that God has given us. Because Jesus has been victorious over it all, and he did it on the cross, yes, and he did. died and rose he when did. he died. And when he died, he died in that grave. Yes. When he rose when he rose in three days, what happened in the three days of him rising is when he defeated death. Yes. He defeated. He won the victory. He won yes. the battle. He won the war. He won it all. To what we face today is nothing because it's already been won, already and there's won. light at every end of the tunnel. And sometimes right. we hit a situation, and we get to those points where we're just like, I don't know, you know. Why do you do this to me, God? And sometimes God is an answer because mm -hmm. there's sometimes, let's like to tell people, there's some some things when we ask God, why does this happen? And we don't understand why. I tell people this is because it's because um, if we knew it, if 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 we knew what God, why God allowed it, it would do more damage and harm to us yes. than it would good because mm -hmm. he and that's his design plan. You know, and there's some things he just left. He wants us to leave unanswered because he knows yeah. what it would do to us. Yeah. And so he just kind of leaves right. it. Hey, I'm going to leave it here. Mm -hmm. And because you don't need to worry about this yeah. because it's something that he's like, don't. And that's one thing we don't need to sit there and worry about. 
okay, you know, I got to worry about this and that. We don't have to worry about it because Jesus already took care of it for yeah. us. We're, we're, we're set free. Jesus said in Revelation 1, verses, uh, I think, 17 and 18, he said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, I'm the beginning and the end. I'm he that was that lives, and I was dead, and I'm alive, and I'm alive forevermore. He said, I hold the keys of death and hell and the grave. Yep. He conquered it. When he holds those keys up, when he says to John in Revelation 1, I hold the keys, he's saying, I have authority. Yep. And he does have authority he over, does. over he life does. and death. He set us free from the law of sin and death. And we don't understand that sometimes. And a lot of times, like you said, we get into situations we don't understand what God's doing. And we don't understand why things are happening. A scripture that comes to mind is in Deuteronomy 29 to 29 that says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. In other words, God is saying here, uh, the secret things belong to me. I know what I'm doing. Yep. And the things that I reveal to you are for your benefit and to the generations to follow that you may grow and have a, and have a great faith. I don't know what next week's going to hold. I don't know what the next five years of my life holds. If I was able to um, you know, get a vision from God and he was able to show me all the, all the highs and lows of the next five years of my life. I might say, you know what? I think I'm done being a pastor. I'll just, I'll just check out now. I don't want to go through that, but yeah. we don't know what tomorrow holds. No, we don't not. know what, what, it, what awaits us. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Yep. But God is in control and God has control. And again, coming back to having a transformed life, a renewed mind, we can say, I don't understand. I don't realize what God is doing sometimes, but I'm going to trust him because he knows what he's doing. It's my job to just follow and, and continue to walk in faith and trust in the Lord. And sometimes when I get to the lowest points, God is still there and the Lord is still there. Because yep. Jesus has is, is not only won the victory for me at the cross, but he's made all things possible. Yeah. So when we get to the point where we're in despair and we say, I, I can't go on, I'm going to end my, I'm going to end my life. That's where we, we, we cross that line and there's no turning back. Mm -hmm. Once that die is cast and you, you, you make the choice and you commit the act of suicide, you, you separated yourself from God. Yeah. You, you've taken away any opportunity uh, that you might have to turn back to God. Yep. So why take that risk and why take that chance? Judas had no. Jesus said it would have been a better. It would have been better for Judas had he not even been born than to do what he was about to do, not just by betraying Christ, which was horrible enough, but then yeah. going out and ending his own life. I'm quite sure that if Judas would have come back, because Peter did just this, did even just as bad. Here's yeah. the thing: Jesus did just as bad. Uh, 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 Peter did just as bad an act to Jesus as Judas did. Yep. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, mm -hmm. but then Peter publicly denied that he knew him three times. Yeah. And when they questioned him, he even cursed and said, I know not the man that you speak of. Yep. I'm not the man that you say I am. And then Let's he see. heard the rooster crow. He turned and saw Jesus. He remembered his words. And then he went away and he wept bitterly. He did. But, but, he, but he came back. But he and came he... back. He came back. He went out and wept bitterly. But did Jesus restore it? You bet he did. Yep. And, and and had Judas had the presence of mind, which obviously he didn't, but had he had the presence of mind and the humility to come back to God, come back to the Lord, fall at the feet of Jesus, I believe Christ would have would would have accepted would have him. accepted him. But Jesus already knew 
in his heart what what Judas was going to do. He already perceived and knew that. So. He did. And so, I'm going to kind of leave it here with sure, this. I'm going to kind sure. of leave something for our viewers to kind of think about. And that is, I want them to look at this. I want them to think about this. And, you know, um, if you don't know Christ, I encourage you to get to know him. Yes. Um, I really do. But for those of you that do, I want to leave it here with this. And that is, I want you to sit there. I want you to really think about what does the cross mean to you? Yes. What does it mean to you? And I want to kind of leave that here as we end up around at our time here. So leave it there. And that is, what does the cross mean to you?